0: the oh, brilliant goal a brilliant goal remember the name Wayne Rooney
1: dilo dilo tirlo al goal a pirlo ditecco tiro goal
0: goal 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 and Andrea Pirlo will take and it's volleyed and it's in a goal in 50 seconds from the line i would you believe it the skipper has scored it. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever
1: again. All right, so this podcast episode, a little more unconventional, maybe. We're going to call it, I don't know podcast episode, 20.5 or something. Um, I mean, yeah, like the the transfer deadline just finished last week. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Not much EPL action to talk about. There's a couple of games that were played today on the Tuesday, February 8th, that we'll talk about. But, you know, the bulk of the schedule will resume, um, I think, tomorrow and Thursday is a mix of games. So when we come back at you guys on Sunday, we'll... um, well, you know, do a more deep dive into what it is with the English Premier League. But on this episode, we're just going to call it the STS, is it shit to say or shoot the shit uh, episode. We're just having fun. We're just riffing yeah. tonight on a Tuesday night. Yeah, Santa I mean, wanted to no, get into something real quick. He said,
0: well, we can kind of get into that uh, later as it happens naturally. I think it's just really funny what uh, All right. came up, but build um, the suspense. Yeah, (laughs) it's probably going to be a letdown now. Uh, (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, not a lot of games happen, but games with some uh, pretty big implications, uh, you know, especially with Newcastle-Everton. Really pumped to see Newcastle finally make it out of the relegation zone uh, with a 3-1 win over Everton. Uh, Yeah, it's massive for them. I mean, you could just see it uh, in the fans and the players, you know, Every goal they scored was huge. I mean, coming from behind as well uh, after going 1-0 down. It's just massive. It was awesome to see. Obviously, we've talked about it a lot, where we want them to stay up. So it was, For I different was pumped. <laughs> For different reasons. I want to see you get a Newcastle jersey, and I want to just see uh, them in the Premier League. But yeah, it was awesome.
1: And I mean, I don't think I've heard Newcastle cheer that loud all season. Yeah, that crowd was raucous. Yeah. That crowd was just, like, I mean... We said it before. It's always better like when the big teams are in it. And Newcastle, we wouldn't consider like a big team with what they've done recently, but they're still like one of the biggest, you know, supported clubs, especially in that region of the country, being as far north, northeast as they are. I mean, it's just basically them and Sunderland, and we know what's happening with Sunderland the last yeah, couple of seasons and their relegation. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> dropping. Um, so I mean, for them to be like, the biggest club in the area, I, I mean. They've always been the biggest club in the area, I would say, but man, that was cool. That was cool to see. Oh yeah, yeah. And it and wasn't that's... a game. It wasn't a game against, you know, Watford or 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 you know, like a like a Burnley or something, which we'll get into later with Burnley. But it was it was Everton. What is Everton. happening with Everton?
0: <laughs> I'm Everton. I'm worried about the...
1: Everton getting relegated. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. yeah. The YouTubers is going to be pissed again. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. Sorry, wizard. I mean, whatever. Yeah it's not our fault don't curse us you know since he started working with us everything's been slipping
0: yeah actually <laughs> um, but no i oh, mean speaking of, wait, part-
1: first wait first off speaking of youtube if you guys you know watching the video right now please like it subscribe to the channel uh, we checked out the numbers earlier about 75 percent of viewership are not following uh, the footy fans podcast so please if you guys want to smash that like right joe smash that like hit that subscribe button bell for notifications Boom, get it. Um, that'd be great for us. Yeah. Yeah. Everton though, man. What's happening?
0: Yeah, I mean, Frank Lampard at the helm uh made some a big signing with Deli Alley, who, to be fair, has been out of form for a little while. But then um yeah, I mean, it's just you know, more of the same. I guess, you know, Frank Lampard just got there, so he needs some time, but getting awfully close. I mean, they're just they're just ahead of Newcastle now just outside the relegation zone. So that would be disastrous, to say the least, if they were to get relegated. I don't think they will. You know, I think Norwich, Watford and Burnley probably going to be the three to go down, but
1: you know, we've seen crazier things happen towards the end of the season. Watford, like one of the first sides that I've seen in a long time that sacked two managers in the same season. Mm -hmm. I forget who actually, I'm slipping my mind who actually was the manager to start the year, but Ranieri just let go uh, about a week ago before the international break. What do they do now? Like, how do you, like, save the team now? Like, how, like what third manager can save this team? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Who's the not main Ray Roy Hodgson? Hodgson? <laughs> Roy Hodgson? I think Hodgson, yeah, I think Hodges back. And I think um, Steve Bruce took the West Brom job, actually, in, in League Two, I think. So some managers that were fired early in the season are getting some some, some callbacks. Uh, Hodgson, obviously, last point at Crystal Palace. Last season, before Patrick Vieira came in, he did a good job with Palace. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he did yeah. as good as a job you would expect. Yeah, I mean, like I he didn't. I don't think he uh, necessarily was fired from the from the team. I think it was kind of like a mutual thing. He he's old. He's an old man. He doesn't want to keep yeah. going through the everyday <laughs> grind, right, of being a manager all the time. Yeah. And I'm sure they wanted some new blood with Vieira to come into the side too. But to try and like get in to save Watford, I mean that's a tough task to ask for an older manager. I think, but if anyone can do it, could be Hodgson. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not I mean, banking gonna, on much.
1: <laughs> he's, I'm sure he's done it before.
0: He's been around the block. If you want anyone that's, I mean, he's obviously not gonna like do anything crazy, but just might save him from relegation, which he's, I'm sure he's done before. Mm-hmm. So someone to really just steady the ship. <laughs> Use you gotta all this big got to
1: get yeah, big Sam, all big all Sam. back in the game.
0: Yeah.
1: Let's see what he's doing now. see he's even is he employed? Is he a free agent? <laughs> he's just like uh, always around. I think he's just
0: around. he took some time. Um yeah, I think he's just chilling. So see what he's doing now. Quick
1: quick Wikipedia search. Um West Brom Man, if, West Brom job was his last appointed side, and that was in twenty twenty one. So he's he did a one year stint at West Brom. Um but he's got, a, he's got, like, the most mid-tier teams managed list of all time. Like, you got Newcastle, yeah. Blackburn, West Ham, Sunderland, Crystal Palace, Everton, West Brom. Like, just the most <laughs> ninth to 17th place teams of all time. <laughs> or even in the last, in the bottom 20, or the bottom three uh, to get relegated. But, I mean, he had a good career, too. He played 479 matches in total in his senior career. Uh, spread out between multiple divisions. It looks like, and multiple teams in England. Played for Tampa Bay Rowdies. All Came right. to Tampa Bay in nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty-three. I believe in Tampa Bay. That's cool. Yeah. Defender. Six foot three defender. Just gritty. Yeah. The
0: grit. Thirty-two Did, goals. Uh, that. Sounds like someone made you should get at this point.
1: Yeah, if you guys want to dig into <laughs> that one right now, uh, with... <laughs> dropping out of the top four, um, not for the first time this season, mm-hmm. but fifth place, mid United. Um, I mean, they played 23 matches too. Everyone behind them is, has played at least 21 or 20. Um, so I mean, with two games ahead with competition only, you know, four to five points away, mm-hmm. that number five spot isn't safe. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's gonna be there'll be a ton of makeup games coming up. I mean, Tottenham, for example, is in seventh place and they're only three points back, and they play three less games than United. Yeah. yeah. So it's gonna be crazy to see how we talked about it before. It's gonna be crazy to see how they mix the schedule together to compile these matches that have been missed because of COVID protocols and COVID um, restrictions. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be wild. Like I don't know how they're gonna condense these games because it almost teams that are obviously three or four games um, behind have the small advantage of being able to make up those games if they still are close on points, but at the same time, it also might hurt them because they will be condensed matches and they might not be as fit as they wanted to be because now they're playing three games in, in nine days or something instead of two games in five mm-hmm. or whatever. So, I mean like a for example, they'd made some moves in the transfer market uh getting Kuliszewski and Betancourt from, from Juve, which is, I mean, pretty sweet deals for them, I think. Yep, but um, we'll see how that we'll see how Antonio Conte can to mix them in the squad. But yeah, they got three games on United with only three points back. So, like I said, that top five, top four for United in Europe right now is not safe. And I mean, coming off an international break, coming off a loss in the FA Cup, the way that they did in the penalty shootout, the one side that you probably want to play after that would be Burnley. Yeah, and they that shows up on the schedule for them stars online. Mm. They get their Burnley match and they come with a one, one draw.
0: No, Yeah. You, you lose to Middlesbrough on a penalty shootout in FA cup. And then lose to the, <laughs> the bottom table club in the premier league.
1: Draw. You know, they, draw oh, against, they draw against Burnley. Or oh. drew,
0: sorry. True drew, drew against, uh, drew yeah. against them, which is almost um, a loss. <laughs> it is. basically. Well, no, It's funny. I, obviously like, you know, watching everything that happened and seeing it's a draw, it still feels like I have to say that they lost. <laughs>
1: It's a lost opportunity it's for sure.
0: Yeah. So um yeah, I mean, you know, it's asking for just that uh that doubt to creep back in. Um do you still think Ragnick obviously needs more time? Um but, you know, ManU as far as I've seen probably it's the most impatient fans I've ever seen in the EPL. So yeah. they're going to want results super fast cuz this is unacceptable from ManU's standpoint.
1: Mhm. Does that yeah. hurt them though? Sorry, does that hurt them that what? they expect to be good all the time? Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, they.
0: I mean, to be fair, you would expect to be Burnley, right? Um, you would expect more... to be row, but it's. Uh, I do think they have way too high of expectations for how well they should succeed every season. Mm-hmm. But
1: with that mentality, who do you think that hurts the most—the manager or the players? Do you think it hurts the manager for the expectations of you know getting results? Or do you think it hurts the players based on the performance and the criticism they get from the fans?
0: Uh honestly, I think it's just like a massive wheel of disaster. <laughs> 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 I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean just United. Well, thank you. Say what you, what you <laughs> think, Sophie. Well, no, I like I just mean it's like it like from a mindset perspective, it's just setting them up for, for failure failure because I think the quality in their side is there. I just don't think the performances are are happening for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think ownership is ever giving any manager enough time. I don't think the fans are giving a uh, manager yeah. enough time. I don't think they're bringing in um, some key players and key positions that are going to make them succeed. And like we've talked about in the past, they just want massive signings that are going to sell, sell jerseys and whatnot. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just weird. And I think the manager is probably in the worst position at Man United every time they bring someone in. Uh, so I I personally think it probably comes down to an ownership change and kind of just a rebuilding of the infrastructure that's there because right now it's really not working. I mean, it's when you have fans protesting, it's kind of a recipe... Uh for disaster. Yeah. I mean it's been like this for a while, and I think they're gonna have this issue until they can find a manager that's dealt with this kind of situation before. Um yeah, Ragnar is obviously good, but I think you know, even Zlatan came out and he said how, you know, people see Manu as a big club, but then he went there and it was just like not what he was expecting. So I think until they can get someone that can just <laughs> You know, elevate the team regardless of what's going on behind the scenes. They're going to struggle a lot to, you know, start getting results. Um, you know, I mean, to be honest, Ch- Chelsea was in that kind of position a little while ago. Like they were, I mean, they still kind of are managers going in, like in and out. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll have to see what happens with Tuchel. I know he has been dropping some points, but right when he came in, it never felt like he was lacking any confidence. So I think. If Manu wants to get out of the gutter, they're gonna have to find like a very, very high-profile person that's that can like manage a team
1: and not be distracted by what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and like when Tuchel came in, it's almost like he couldn't do any worse than what was already happening. Yeah, he had that leeway a little bit. It's okay. It's like as long as you don't do worse than what Lampard has done the first half of the season, then like you're okay. You can stick around. And clearly, he blew that expectation out of the water with for staying afloat and staying in the top four and winning Champions League. Mm -hmm. Which when you had Lampard at the helm, those two things were dwindling. Like Mm -hmm. big time. I think they might have been in sixth place. If not, they were at least fifth, but a few points back of being safe. I can't exactly remember now. But there was no, I mean, Champions League was so far in my mind. Not because Lampard was doing such a poor job, just because I didn't think the Chelsea side that we had was good enough in general. Like I, it wasn't like, oh wow, Lampard's our Lampard's our manager. We're gonna be really bad. We're not gonna win Champions League. There's no way. I just don't think the side was good enough.
0: Yeah,
1: with the talent we had at the time, but in Chelsea's defense, we did get a kind of a lucky draw going against yeah. the likes of Porto and Atletico Madrid instead of the big boys like Real Madrid or PSG or Bayern Munich. Um, and then obviously we faced probably the most competitive team in the tournament in Man City. So. And again, all you need is a 1-0 victory on any given Sunday, right? Or whenever the game was, mm-hmm. anybody can score a goal. So just in Tuchel's defense, yeah. like He did a really good job, obviously, and he's earned his place to be there now. But it was like, okay, as long as you can come in and just don't go to like eighth place, you'll probably be okay. Um, but Now with Lampard going to Everton, like we said, he had those signings with Deli Alley. Um, who else did you bring in? I got the I got the oh, Van De Beek's, Van de Beek's there on loan. Van Beek, that right. okay, mm-hmm. so those so I texted you guys on transfer deadline day and I said I don't hate this yeah. when it came to Deli Alley and um and Van Beek going there. Yeah. I think those are great signings. Oh yeah. Like I think those are fantastic because it's two players that have been in and out of the side, Deli Alley obviously proving more at Tottenham than Del than Van de Beek did at United, but obviously having just a couple setbacks in mm-hmm. what he's done the last couple of seasons. Yeah, he's had some injuries, but also his performance has dipped, and even when he was healthy, he wasn't being picked by Pochettino or Nuno or Antonio Conte in the starting role. So, mm-hmm. even in the match today, he came in on uh, the first half because Damari Gray was injured. So, um, Lampard took him off the bench and put him right into the side, and mm-hmm. I mean, I want to say he did really well and he proved a positive result for Everton, but Again, that wasn't the case. Um, yeah, Newcastle man, they just stole the show. We said off the top from from the beginning how crazy that was, but um, yes yeah. to the transfers. Yeah, I think Van de Beek and Deli Ali will be great players for Everton because they'll have a chance to actually show up and, and play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's no way they have too much quality in, in themselves. They should not be playing. Oh, I think yeah, well, he like Manu should have been be playing,
0: playing, playing at Manu. I don't know how Oh I agree. I agree. I don't know how he's on load away from Manu to Everton right now. I mean <laughs> I it's like, great for I Everton. Yeah.
1: I can't believe Fred still gets the minutes he does.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, uh, how is this happening? It's very I think he just never really got a chance to get into the side and show what he was about. I mean and this goes back to I know it's kinda harsh to like rip on Ole, but You know, Sancho, Van de Beek, just not getting in the side. And you spend all this money on them. I don't know whose decision it was. But, you know, and I'm not sure what went on behind the scenes. But to not give those kind of players a chance. And then I'm not sure what Ragnarok saw. But obviously he didn't feel Van de Beek had a future at Man U. So, you know, obviously he sent him on loan. But, yeah, it's a very strange situation. He's one of those players, like it could be a De Bruyne situation. Where he's just not getting the minutes. And then he's going to go to a club that's going to actually get the best out of him. And he's going to come back and be like a just really great box-to-box midfielder. Um, I could see that happening with Van de Beek. Um, And it would just be frustrating to see. And, you know, to be honest, that's a major red flag, even for Chelsea. If you're consistently not, you know, getting these players on the field and, you know, um, getting the best out of them, and then they come back and bite you in the butt because they went somewhere else and got developed. That you really have to look at your internal organization, and be like, you know, why are we not getting the best out of these players?
1: And there's been so many times when a player who just is a standout for their club and like they're the by far the best player of their team gets picked, like you said, and then placed on a team like Real Madrid or Man United or Bayern Munich, and they just sit there and don't play. And it's just, it kills their development. It kills, like, the player that they are. Like, Van was by far the best player on Ajax when he was there. Yeah. And or was it Ajax? Yeah, Ajax. And, like, I don't even know, I don't think he was a captain, but he was a like, captain material. Like, I feel like he did get a few caps as the skipper for, for Ajax. But, like, he was part of the reason why they made it so far on Champions League when they did. Yeah. And then he mm-hmm. just gets plucked by United and now go, go sit on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... One season ago, I was, like, the key part of my team. And I was, like, such a crucial aspect of it. And now I'm riding the bench at a club like United, at United, which is obviously a huge, like, pedigree club. But you want to play. Yeah. You want to play. So I think, again, letting him go uh, from United's perspective, I guess they're not losing much because he was averaging, you know, two minutes a game when he actually was making his appearances. That's not mm-hmm. accurate, but yeah, you know what I mean. Um, he's barely playing, so I mean, they're not gonna they're not gonna miss him, but necess necessarily. But I was just looking at the transfer deadline deals. The only two clubs out of the top five that did anything were, um, Liverpool and Man City, bringing in two players, uh, two attacking players. Um, Yeah, Man City got uh, that that twenty two year old. uh, Yeah, he was holly touted. Uh. Julian or Julian Alvarez. Yeah. From, from River Plate and then Liverpool scooped up um Luis Diaz from Porto, another highly touted player. Mm-hmm. But I mean as as far as the other player uh, other clubs in the top 4, top 5, Chelsea, United, Arsenal, they only let players out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that a wise decision? Uh I'm
0: not totally sure how I feel about it at this point. I mean it's one of those things we'll have to see how it unfolds. Uh I mean, I can't like you can't doubt what's happening at Arsenal right now and everything our TED has done, right? Um I don't know. I think it's one of those like wait and see situations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean I'll enough there's there's not been too much um like madness, I guess you would say, in this transfer window, No. Uh, not like other ones, but uh, yeah. I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, I'm not. I'm surprised, but also not surprised that Man City didn't do too much. Um, we keep saying they, we said for how long that they needed a striker, and then they sell Ferran Torres, and then just also don't have a striker yet. Um, but, it, you know, yeah, is this guy uh,
1: midfielder that they picked up?
0: Uh, no, he's a
1: striker. He's a striker. Yeah. Julian Alvarez. I don't know yep. if it's Julian or, or Julian. I don't know. Julian. Uh, yeah. No, he's a striker.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, not like a Haland striker. I mean, <laughs> no, no, you know, <laughs> he's not. Yeah, uh, uh, I'll just get him quick. like a
1: twenty-two-year-old forward played on over Plate, scored twenty-three goals in fifty-seven appearances in four seasons. I mean, he's a young kid, twenty-two. Yeah. I'm sure Pep will have his way with him. And yeah. develop him into another mm-hmm. winged forward hybrid. I'm still uh, waiting for the day where uh, five foot seven though. Yeah, that's, I that's mean, a, five, <laughs> five. The last time I saw a five foot seven Argentinian, he was wearing number ten, and his name was Kun Aguero. or yeah. Messi, whichever one. Yeah, I, <laughs> <Or> <laughs> yeah, I was, one, he was are you talking about Aguero or Messi? Was one of those. Well, I was I was looking more for the like a Man City aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're both five foot seven. Yeah. Um, no, so maybe I maybe mean, this guy is the next coming.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I mean, not totally surprised, but, um, you know, the massive teams didn't make like a huge splash in this transfer window. Um, I think maybe you know, kind of similar to what I said, a lot of them maybe feel like they don't need to, except maybe for Chelsea, um, because of how so. they're slipping. I, so. yeah. I think you know, with Arsenal, um, I think just how they're doing so well. You know, I I don't see them needing to change anything at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did obviously the massive clear out of you know tons of people on loan everywhere, just you know junior players getting some development. Obloming, um, yeah, Obloming, Obloming, I in Barcelona, he he had his issues, I think, and obviously you know they're doing you know I think reasonably okay without him.
1: Mm-hmm. You could tell so, he didn't want to be there.
0: Yeah, so it's like why like Joe said a million times, like. If he wants to leave, you have to let him leave. Um mm-hmm. I think Arsenal's, you know, for me is gonna be the team that's gonna uh just break into the top four. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's gonna be exciting, close out the season, see who gets that top four spot and uh who stays up. <laughs> yeah. Banking on Hunts. Yeah, I want Arsenal to do it just for the Gloria's
1: sake, to be honest. Just from the memes. I like <laughs> seriously though. Um I mean, we' talked about it before, how at the beginning of the season, it was like a three-horse race, and then Man City obviously pulled away, and then we talked about how the relegation battle, how like Newcastle, um, Watford and Norwich are kind of always hanging around there ever to get in the mix now. But mm-hmm. then we're really starting to now see like a mid-table battle, like for the mm-hmm. ages, because like we yeah. said, with Man U, with Manu being in fifth place and only having a cushion of five or six points from 11th place. That just brings like everyone into the mix, mm-hmm. and I mean, a side like Everton obviously had to make big splashes and big moves. A side like Newcastle had to make a big splash and big move uh, to try and save a relegation, and then you had like the minor clubs, like the you know Aston Villa picking up Coutinho and um, Callum Chambers from Arsenal. Uh, you know the the um, sorry the. Uh, What's his name? Suarez, Louis Suarez. Things kind of fell through, but those rumor talks were were hanging around for a while. And then you get you get Brentford making probably one of the most <laughs> heartfelt, heartwarming mm-hmm. signings that we've ever seen, with Christian Eriksen making his return to the EPL. Um, yeah. Obviously, he had the the long stint with with Tottenham, and then made his way to to Italy to join Inter Milan, and ended up winning the Scudetto there last season. And then, unfortunately, like we saw in the European Cup early this season, um, in 2021, uh, unfortunately, you know, what happened to him collapsing on the pitch and going to cardiac arrest on the field and, you know, the scares that were coming around the world. I mean, people that weren't even soccer fans that were tuning in. Yeah. Um, showing the support for, you know, just a fellow athlete. There was NBA players, NFL players. Uh, you know, Lewis Hamilton reached out and said some kind words and everything. And then, he started his road to recovery back in, in Milan a few months ago. And they were like, you know, watching him, monitoring him, um, doing all his physical tests and studies. And he got the green light and Brentford of all sides. Like what, like, yeah. how does that happen? Like, how do you go from being from Tottenham and then going to Inter, being the best player that Denmark has seen in a long, long time and then join Brentford? Like, <laughs> yeah. how, is that the, how is that the only one club that reached out to sign him? yeah that's wild well maybe they weren't uh, yeah. maybe they weren't but he yeah. I think he wanted to get back to England, and maybe that was the only English side that reached out yeah like, it's Christian Erickson yeah. oh, I know i
0: mean he he was like yeah he was in uh he was in Italy uh and obviously he had to take all like his medical tests after being in Italy, even though with the rules in the Syria you can't play with a with a pacemaker um he was also training with uh the I think the youth at Ajax, um, getting, okay. getting match fitness, uh, back. Um, but then, uh, Thomas Frank, actually, uh, manager for anyone doesn't know manager of Brentford, uh, coached Erickson when he was on the U 16 Denmark. team. Oh,
1: okay. See, didn't know that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe there was some, uh, conversations there to, uh, to get him back. Um, but yeah, I think he just maybe wanted to get back to, uh, to England. Um, interesting. Interestingly enough, uh, Thomas Frank said if there's one thing for sure, Erickson will not be playing against Manchester City tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, that's what yeah. that's what he came on and said. I mean, they uh, they even said it's a how tough obviously match. <laughs> Yeah, obviously uh, the the signing process or the transfer process was much longer with Erickson than anyone else just because of all the the complications he had uh, and you know, obviously not playing competitively for several months. Um, I think uh, he said he's he's gonna get some uh, exhibition matches first under his belt, and then get to, back to competitive play as his match fit fitness actually gets back to what it's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's I no mean, way. Like, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say when you sent me that text, it was <laughs> made my day just to see him back in a jersey.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was terrifying.
0: Yeah. Um, I remember seeing that live. It was terrifying. Just. You know
1: yeah and, and, and it was out. obviously yeah. i think we all around, around the around the table here i think we can all say that that was not handled the best way by by the media coverage mm-hmm. having you know the camera basically fixated on him yeah. on the ground for as long as it was it's was yeah. kind of sickening um but i think it was i mean they just had like the the uefa or the fifa awards took place recently and i am pretty sure there's an award given out and it wasn't, it wasn't a humanitarian award. It was like, it was like a good sportsmanship award or something that was given out. And then they handed it out to the entire Danish um, squad or something. Yeah. Uh, just for like what they did to like rally around him and obviously protect him and his, his dignity and his protect his personal well-being for what was happening. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. how they huddled around to try and block the camera view. Yeah. yeah. Um There's some, some pretty crazy uh, images coming out. Um, from that moment yeah they kind of set the stage for denmark to do as well as they did i, mean, I think they made a quarterfinal uh got knocked out by england or was the semifinal
0: semifinal yeah semifinal semifinal england, sure. right? wait yeah, yeah. 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 Who, yeah semifinal who did england
1: play in the yeah no it was the semifinal, it was semifinal yeah. Yeah, so, yeah so i mean they they took that motivation almost, again like yeah it's it, I, don't, I don't want to say that they got to the semifinal because of what happened because that makes it sound like it's a, a negative thing but like they just took what they could to rally and to use as motivation, right? To mm-hmm. to push forward and made it to a European semifinal. Yeah. Just, crazy yeah. story. Yeah, really know. crazy story. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely don't want to come back against Man City. <laughs> no, that's
0: <laughs> no no need to rush him back at this point. I mean No. I don't think they're looking a lot from, to get from the game. So might as well just keep him on the bench. Yeah. Not even not even put him on the bench. I mean, it would be. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I would like a reception would be awesome at the end, but it is what it is. <laughs> Let's see if they play. That's... Let's see if
1: Brentford plays Tottenham. Mm, coming up. Oh, oh, oh. Where is it? Oh, I just lost it. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I'm all over the place now. Give okay, we go. Brentford. They play Tottenham. Ah, it's at home to okay. It's at home for Brentford. It'd be mm-hmm. cool to him to have him go back to, you know, Hotspur Stadium. Yeah, yeah. And they make a big entrance there. But wherever he goes, I mean, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a standing ovation at every, every pitch he goes to for the remainder of the season. Yeah. Um. again, like just like get what happened aside, just the talent that he's that he has, and hopefully he can still, um, show and possess with, like a. Hmm. I, I was talking about him last year as like a world class, like top ten player, just because like yeah. what he can do on the pitch, like and how he can elevate the play, yeah. and just kind of starts. He's almost like a De Bruyne ish player for me. Yeah, where he just had that creative skill and ability. And there was a time where it's like you had De Bruyne and David Silva and Ericsson as like the three players you want picking a pass. Yeah, like, yeah. Far none, like worldwide, not just in, not just in the Premier League. So for him to, to come back to, to the English uh English game, allow us to get more coverage of him and watch him play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't have big expectations for what he can do at Brentford, but like I said, just to have him back in the side and, and being able to watch is uh is a blessing for us footy fans.
0: Yeah, yes it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm actually I'm not sure how
0: uh the rules work with uh, international competitions. So I don't know if he can play for Denmark anymore because um, just because of what happened wouldn't know because of the pacemaker i don't know if that's a rule on the international stage as well um because obviously in Italy it's a rule you can't play in Syria if you have one, obviously in the e p l you can play if you have one i don't know if he's fit to play, he's
1: fit to play you know, that's how I see it yeah' go, go tell that to enter <laughs> no, I know I get that but i have heard i I've heard other podcasts and the other other sports say like hockey guys, hockey guys are like pretty gritty, obviously, and they'll say. If you're, if you're injured, but you know, you sign up and you're on the game sheet to to start the game, then you're 100%. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you might, you might feel a little bit sore here and there, but if you're on the game sheet, you're playing, you're 100% for the game then. Like don't, you can't use that as like a hindrance against you. Mm -hmm. So I think if he's on the game sheet for Brentford, if he's starting games in the EPL, obviously, like you said, if it's a protocol thing, then whatever, but his fitness shouldn't be in question if it's, if he's playing 90 minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's yeah, just like don't know. this just a, a red tape thing. It's like yeah, you're so, yeah. you're still really good and obviously you're match fit, but you have a pacemaker so you can't play at the World Cup.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> like, "Well, I'd be dead if I wasn't wearing this thing." So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me play. <laughs> like do you want me to play? Don't want to play. Like I'll I don't know. I'm sure Denmark yeah. would push to have him on in the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean if, if they, they have could have, to... have him, they would they would love it, right? He's um, he's He's our age, man. He's my age. He's got a birthday on Valentine's Day. He's turning 30. 30 years old. Pacemaker.
0: Yeah. Crazy. They might need him. They might need him if they play against Canada. <laughs> hey. Yeah. hey.
1: Yeah. Hey. Segway of the year so far, Santi. Yeah. If
0: yeah, you have a joke aside, they probably don't need Erickson if they play against... No disrespect to Canada, but...
1: <laughs> hey, man. I, think... I just we're... <laughs> saw... Where... I just saw Atiba Hutchison come out, a captain for Canada, said that we're not scared to play anybody. Well, yeah, like you cannot I, be scared. Yeah, you but. cannot be scared. But <laughs> well, I'm saying like you know, I get, I get. We're rolling. Canada for everyone who doesn't know, Canada won their match against El Salvador um, last week. I believe it was the 31st, February 1st, whatever it was. Um, we talked about the previous episode, saying how I was hyping up the Wednesday match, saying if they win this game, they're in. If they win this game, they're in. It was if they win the game. Plus this, that, and the other. Everyone happen, else, everyone else loses. Then they would be in. <laughs> yeah. But that all being said, their next match, uh, I believe, against Panama yeah. in March, March twenty fourth. I, I think Costa Rica is Costa Rica. Okay, yeah. Costa Rica, March twenty fourth. I believe that's the date. That's a win, and you are in. That's got to be a win, and mm-hmm. you are in.
0: There is not enough games left. I think it is because then they'll be. Yeah. Then they have two games after that, and they'll be eight or. Eight points clear of Panama. Yeah. So I, think, I believe uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. The actual scientists can back me up on
1: this. <laughs> you mean the scientists to yeah. figure this out. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I think I I'm pretty sure they're there'll be they'll be eight points clear, two games Yeah, on. it's
1: it'll be yeah. I mean I'm I'm sure it will be a guaranteed win and you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh let's double check the date here. Um just so we know. Yeah, Why is it 2021? March. You guys talking under yourselves right now. <laughs> I'm doing a deep dive. <laughs> Andrew's doing a deep dive on the calendar for Compucat. This isn't the greatest website, by the way, for trying to figure this out. Okay. make it okay. Uh yeah, I mean, match you will don't... be Oh, it says the dates are unconfirmed. I saw I saw somewhere it was March twenty fourth, but the time was not confirmed. Yeah. Uh, but the match is against Costa Rica and then they have a game against Jamaica and then Panama is the last match um of their qualifying schedule mm-hmm. so that would probably be i don't know if they're going to mix in three matches in one international break um that would be a little bit too condensed but i mean the schedules have not come out yet of when they're going to do everything because it's obviously like it's always day by day kind of thing how it's going to go but the game at least for Costa Rica will be played sometime in March, and yeah, yeah man, a- we could we could seal it right there. Yeah, we got
0: here March 24th against Costa Rica, March 27th against Jamaica, and then March 30th okay. against
1: Panama. Panama. Where'd you find that? I'm on the legit Concacaf.com website. Dude, just use I- Google. I did. I I literally I googled Concacaf games,
0: and then just and go, go to like the the table that's right there on Google.
1: Man, I dude, know Google, how to Google
0: knows that i was uh i was watching uh listen to Joe rogan podcast and this google guy uh talking um just saying how like Google pretty much like owns the world um yeah fun fun fact for everyone uh <laughs> and shout out again to stumpy for sending me the podcast uh stumpy
1: avid listener what's up my man
0: yeah um this guy's talking about how uh apparently allegedly i didn't actually look into this and i i want to but allegedly uh on a Saturday morning, Google, which this guy thinks was a uh, just like some hackers, not hackers at Google, but like developers at Google that can just like do some crazy stuff on uh, the web, um, shut down the entire internet for, I want to say it was either like 10 minutes or an hour. I forget, but they like the entire internet. Yeah, but the entire internet, like no one could access the internet. I I think it it might've been like 10 minutes. So, but yeah, for a period of time they shut down the entire internet and Joe Rogan was baffled. He was like, Oh, how could they possibly like do that? Like what about like different browsers, like with Apple? And this guy was breaking down how I think 95 plus percent of all internet activity has some form of how it has to go through Google So, like, even if you're on a Safari browser and you're, you know, doing something on the internet and, like, accessing a website, they have to go through, I think, a Google, uh, I think it's something where it has to check the website security. So, even though it's on a separate browser, and I think same with Firefox, it's going through Google for some sort of check. So, Google is kind of like a gatekeeper for 95% of the internet.
1: Not surprised. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Fun fact, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, they got their hand in everything, so it doesn't surprise me that they they have those abilities. But for an hour,
0: might have been less, but still. Cause, and you know why they did it? They did it because it's the only time uh, that no activity was happening on uh, the stock market exchange, so there was no like oh, okay. monetary loss to uh, like any stock
1: activity. So if I tried if I tried to do like a money transfer or something or wired like a yeah if I try to pay you hundred bucks and then hours yeah, you, wouldn't go through you
0: wouldn't be able to access uh, like your bank sending me a transfer
1: but that's like this is a worldwide internet shutdown yeah <laughs> it's kind of scary actually yeah so I was like okay <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of unknown out there man I mean I can get yeah. into whole. Deep dive of Rogan podcasts, non conspiracy theory related. Uh, just the the conversations and topics I've heard from other people talk on his show. Um, oh, no,
0: just there's tons of stuff you don't like know about. On a lighter note, like this thing, which I wanted to get into. And okay, another segue. Be- before sure. before I say this, massive disclaimer: we don't discriminate against any sexual orientation, whatever. But. This was, right. And this is just funny, you know, not because this is, of what this is it where,
1: is. By the way, whatever timestamp this is going to be, this is where the shoot the shit comes in. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> is the STS
0: portion the, of the podcast. Put the, put the STS at the 42-minute uh, mark-ish. All right, we'll get it. Um, but no, so I was, I was looking at uh, just uh, like days for the major sporting events just to see, uh, you know, the Champions League final and, uh, you know, when the, when the World Cup uh, starts in Qatar. Uh, So it was this, uh, November, actually November, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Pretty sure. November. It's in winter. Um, yeah. Um, but no, I came across this thing where it's just this long list of like, and every sporting event that's like an international recognized. And there was a lot more than I thought. Right. Then I came across this one called the gay games. Right. All right. But, what what I found so funny was just how they described it. All right. Listen to this. The Gay Games are held every four years. Despite its name, the Gay Games is open to all who wish to participate without regard to sexual orientation. So I'm like, all right, cool. Listen to this. Also, there are no qualifying standards. So it's really open to anyone who wants to go. So either this is like a complete joke or this is actually a thing, which I don't know how, because it's helpful. Anyone Hong can Kong go ever. So apparently, if you could get a ticket to Hong Kong, you can go and compete in these. Hong Kong is
1: hosting this.
0: Yeah, um, and it said there was like thirty something uh, games in
1: it. Okay, well, so what are but, some of the what are some of the categories of games? Uh, I'm trying to get back to the. By the way, talk about hey. Google. If you Google search gay games, you better watch out where you click on. Yeah. <laughs> uh...
0: But no, I just I just thought it was uh I have to see if it's uh actually legit because there's no but I mean it's on that list. So um
1: So if you just so if the three of us go and represent Canada and then we win, what do we win? There's no way you can actually just go. There has to be well no, it's on Wikipedia. You just said you can just wanna... go. You just show up. Yeah.
0: So it's like, organized sign, yeah. it's it's organized by the LGBT community. Um I think obviously they just allow um, anyone to
1: go. Um, what are the games? Uh, you had my time. Now you have my attention. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are the games that are involved? Is it like what are you playing? You you playing rugby? Are you playing hockey? Are you playing soccer? Are you throwing darts? I'm, I'm looking. Equestrian. Water I think polo.
0: probably something something along those lines. Does it?
1: I thought it would. Watch uh, this be like more like drinking games, like you like play tic tac toe or Jenga or something, <laughs> or Catan. Drinking games, tic
0: tac toe.
1: <laughs> I don't know. You know, like like little mediocre like Friday night your buddies game at uh, your buddies' house games.
0: All right, so yeah, it says thirty six <laughs> disciplines of sport and culture events throughout Hong Kong, um, but it doesn't say what what they are but it says disciplines of sport so
1: i got to we need more of a deep dive into this we need more
0: okay i'll need do my, more information i'll do my diligence now okay. okay but no it is uh it is definitely definitely a thing they have a home page i just don't understand how uh there's no qualifications to go like what if just everyone goes
1: And they go, I guess. Yeah, it's like how and they better gonna... they better
0: account for that. Every, everyone goes. I mean, they'd probably have limited. Oh, because you
1: know, I just found it in one second of like what the games were. I don't know. You're better so they, at googling than I am. Apparently, <laughs> they have a i i literally I typed in "gay games Hong Kong" and I got their website, and then says sports. Oh, and I so didn't want to have... click
0: on their actual website. I was trying to find it on Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, saw I the website. That. I didn't want to. Why? I don't know. <laughs>
1: You want get, they want to get their browser information.
0: No, it's just I didn't, I wanted to find out writing, if it was, I wanted to find out if it was legit first. <laughs> so they so, they have, to so they
1: have obviously. All right, so they have what they have here. It's a bunch of different categories. They have aquatics with you know swimming diving. They have one called swimming slash pink flamingo. I'm Not sure what that is. Uh, then they have their athletics with marathons, half marathon, track and field, ball games. Mind you, it's the gay gay games so. Um, basketball, dodgeball, football, soccer, rugby, softball, volleyball. Um, they have cheerleading. They have bowling. They have esports. Um, figure skating and golf, fencing, bodybuilding, powerlifting, badminton, squash, table tennis, tennis, dragon boat racing, and rowing. So it's a okay. full full assortment of games. Yeah. That's a pretty that solid full schedule. Games. <laughs> what could we do here? Probably none of it. See this? Uh, you can't click on the the tags of what the games are. I I'd, I'd go there for but, you know I'd do I tried soccer I tried soccer or dodgeball or something. Yeah, says so uh, no. Everyone sport. is welcome to participate regardless
0: of ethnicity, religion, age, sexual orientation, gender identity, ability, or background. Minimum age to participate is eighteen. Spirit of equality at the games is principle of inclusion. Um so yeah it's just really a thing that anyone can go to and participate in any game they want to participate in. You can you can register like right here.
1: I'm on like, the registration page. It's like right here ready to go. We're going to go. Um, I mean well you have to we'll be 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 like, able to go to if we can get yeah, to Hong if Kong. If we can just go to Hong Kong right now. I mean, if we yeah. can find like eight it's other like, guys and just put a put a footy team together
0: represent Canada. <laughs>
1: yeah that's the thing is it yeah is it international like is it a country thing or is it like an individual thing like do you uh, like if you're playing as like a soccer team or something
0: hmm.
1: yeah, just doesn't, doesn't say stuff. yeah i I'm gonna find a past champions page or something <laughs> past champions <laughs> well i mean I don't know like
0: past champions uh no, I mean, I you know, I think having... How did you, you find know, this, by the way? When I was looking for the dates for the uh, Champions League final and uh, the World Cup, it had a long list of every major sporting event happening. So I, I was just looking through it and seeing, you know, the, like when the Rugby World Cup was, you know, French Open, Masters, obviously this, I put in my
1: calendar. This is the 11th Gay Games. The first ever yeah. Gay Games was in 1982. There you go. Okay. Vancouver hosted a Gay Games in 1990. We're uh we're behind the uh What is this? Missing the party. Okay, so wow. Alright. Uh gay games last time was in Paris. It was the tenth tenth uh installment of the Gay Games. It's <laughs> 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 a good topic. Um Toronto tried to host. They were a big city, but they, they lost out. Um, there was a controversy over the Gay Games name. There was a lawsuit. Yeah, uh, necessarily sorry, necessarily, it, was, it, was initially, it was initially tried to be called the Gay Olympics, and that got kiboshed in 1982. Yeah. So they became Gay Games. Um, they wanted to launch a Winter Gay Games, but that collapsed. So I think it's only like a summer thing. <laughs> Why would the Winter one collapse? I don't know <laughs> what's wrong with the winter. No, you can't play uh, hockey like, due to lack of what? sufficient funding and logistical problems. That was in nineteen eighty six. I mean, I'm sure there have it's... been no subsequent attempts to launch a gay winter games. Um, since although Whistler, British Columbia, hosts an annual gay winter sports festival. So shout out Whistler, sense. BC, for doing your part for the gay community, making it a dual seasoned <laughs> <eventual> <laughs> <Yeah>. season. <laughs> I mean I love the summer but like I mean it's weird I
0: like summer more than winter but Obviously. the winter olympics I do winter like olympics. a little bit yeah. winter like- olympics are like pretty intense gotta
1: say yeah. what's, what's your go to event for the winter olympics
0: all, like, all like they're all really intense like- I was just watching what cross country
1: skiing yeah,
0: and it was awesome like they're yeah. just going but like the hardest thing
1: and then like the like the 30k ones where they're like hiking up the mountain and, and yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: i said it to joe i'm like if they you know everyone always always argues what like the hardest sport is and you know we i don't think there is a hardest sport it's incredibly hard to be a pro at anything if there is one cross-country skiing is it <laughs> it's most like yeah. grueling thing i think you could put your body through like
1: yeah picture cross-country running but now you're doing it with big sticks on your legs on skis yeah yeah in the snow and it's really cold like i'll take running any day i hate running i'll take running um yeah speaking of skiing i think kelly and i are going skiing this weekend okay i'm going to uh, to blue mountain oh joe remembers
0: that place calling (laughs) it
1: no. Oh, okay. No, no,
0: mine was uh, suicide. Wait. No.
1: No, Blue you're Blue at Blue, Heron. Heron. I you, it's, sorry, Blue. I thought Sorry. I thought you were. You meant uh, Blue Heron. No. 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 Yeah. Not Blue. Yeah. We're going on vacation to Blue Heron this weekend. Down okay. the street. <laughs> no. Blue Mountain up in Collingwood. Nice. We're going for a little, little, uh, little getaway for the weekend. That's nice. I can't really. I can't really okay. ski. So. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. No. I might end uh, up like. I might end up like what happened to Joe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not,
0: not the greatest time. Well, Joe what, what was that recovery time? About a year. So
1: yeah. Tell the listeners what happened. Well,
0: uh, so we just went uh snowboarding at Blue and Heron Hill. I wanted to go down one one more time. And I was like, Oh, I'll use the toboggan. Just go on the toboggan, sit there, just like, oh, just go down the hill. There's a ramp at the bottom which was clearly visible that we we're just like dodging all day. Go down the hill, fly off the ramp, break my leg, femur, <laughs> oh, done. The femur, yeah,
1: it was. Isn't that the strongest bone in your body, or something too? Uh,
0: I don't know if it's the I, strongest. I, I know it's like the or biggest, the longest. yeah, biggest. The longest. Maybe that's what it's biggest. I don't know. Well, I think your oh, well, your spine is like a bunch of bones. I don't know. Femur is a big thing. That's like your that's like from your hip to your kneecap, right? Like your thigh. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, good time. Out for a year, couldn't play soccer. Just was your leg my... just like this? No, I was lying down, and like <laughs> I didn't know I could still move it. I wasn't in pain, but probably
1: because I was in shock. But yeah, yeah, I I broke the old, the old collarbone. That that was a yeah. shock moment. I didn't feel anything. Yeah, playing football, right? Yeah, I was like, I was. I remember my mom. It was flag football, of course, too. Like not even like a real football game like it was just stupid i break it get tackled from behind fall right flat on my shoulder crack the clavicle <laughs> the clavicle um, ran the clavicle so that that stung and my mom came picking me up afterwards because i was like 15 couldn't drive yet and i remember walking to the car and i was walking like this because this arm was just dead <laughs> it was like i didn't realize i was walking this way and I'm trying to like walk stiff because my arm just like really really hurts. And my mom's like, "Hey, what what's wrong with you? Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. my arm just kind of hurts." She's like, "You're you're off balance. Like <laughs> like your your arm just like hanging down." I'm like, "Oh oh yeah, I, I hurt my shoulder." Go home. Go to the hospital. Broken clavicle. Uh, miss half soccer season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flag football. Nice. Not fun. Fun, but not yeah. fun.
0: Yeah, we've all had our, had our breaks. I had the, the one at the uh, Chicharo game. Yeah, big winner game. Polonia. Oh, yeah. Huge. That's the game that we won, didn't we? 2 1 win. Yeah. I think we won or we
1: tied? We won that game. No, we Shout won. Mitch no, Hunter. we tied. We no, tied. Mitch Hunter scored the winner. Shout out Mitch Hunter, 90th minute. Head pit <sighs> ball off a corner kick.
0: Yeah. Remember, this is the game, you know, I scored first, and it's the massive game we argue where, about who scored for Chicharo. Chanduzzi.
1: <laughs> I was I goalie anyone... that game.
0: <laughs> okay. I know uh, who scored off. Yeah, no, Chandusi for, for sure scored. But no, we t- did we tie that game? No, no but then Mitch scored, Hunter...
1: Got hurt, and then Mitch Hunter rose. Who else scored? Like yeah, salmon. Mitch Hunter
0: scored off the corner, but who scored before him? The guy in the next room. No. Yeah, I scored that game. What was your goal? When there's you like a, chipped it over, like we did the one-two. flicked it over the goalie. And you did that little, little like chip pass, one-two chip pass over the D, and it went and they like, side-footed it. I think, no, Mitch Hunter scored against Croatia on off that game. Oh, career. my gosh. I'm Joe. telling you, man. <laughs> anyone we play soccer with is going to listen to this and be like, these guys are talking about a game that happened five years ago. Great. That was uh, over five no. years ago,
1: boys. That was like seven years ago. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> um, but I remember, I, I played goalie that game. I remember, I had to. Because our goalie got red-carded. I remember that game vividly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember it vividly because I broke my wrist. <laughs> and you scored before. Yeah. Shanduzzi, Shanduzzi scored on me. And then Mitch Hunter, 90th minute, rose like a salmon. And smacked in the back in the net his head. Boom. 90th yeah. minute. Because I remember I was sitting on the bench and I got pumped, but I couldn't
0: clap or anything because my hand was obviously in pain. But I remember maybe. Hey, Joe, scoring. how about you
1: go miss from the two-yard line again?
0: Hey, that was now That was a long time. Yeah. It was raining. It was raining All a right. while. All not right. my fault. I mean, <laughs> well, it's like you a little, kind of loser. You <laughs> should have yeah, passed, passed it to me first because I was wide open. Instead of shooting, I had to get it from the goalie's rebound.
1: That made it tougher. Uh, that's, you can't blame the striker for trying to take a shot. <laughs> blame you <Yeah. laughs> for everything else that happened afterwards. Uh, um, not great. Just to round up, we're gonna end the podcast here, but nothing, else, nothing else to really talk about. Um Nottingham Forest, our our boys, Sherbert Forest, Nottingham Forest, uh coming away four one winners over Leicester City in the FA Cup, so they won't be repeating this season as FA Cup champions. Uh Liverpool went through um Everton went through Norwich.
0: Norwich beat Wolves. What Norwich beat
1: Wolves, wow. Um, there you go. So the fifth uh, fifth round is the next uh, round of play in the FA Cup. Still got some big sides. Obviously, Chelsea's still there. Liverpool's still there. Man City, West Ham, um, Tottenham are the biggest ones there. Everton uh, going against Borham Wood, which is a gritty-sounding team. Borham. Where is Borham Wood from?
0: What a name
1: i I hit their table on the on the Google machine here. I hit table settings and there's not even it doesn't even show up, so they don't have any standings um,
0: Orham wood that's amazing
1: Orham wood they play in the fifth, oh my God, the fifth in conference premier division, whatever that means Wrexham? is that who
0: conference oh man. Yes, we got uh teams like Chesterfield, Stockport at the top of the table. They don't even have a crest on Google. Wow. Uh FC Halifax Town. Oh boy. Bromley. 23 Grimsby Town. 23 teams. Uh Can wow. you get relegated?
1: Um I don't know. I don't know if you can. This might be like the entry level into the FA Cup uh, teams bracket. I don't know how you want to say it. This might be like the lowest division that can get into the FA Cup that I've ever seen. Fifth in the conference premiere. I don't know what conference premiere is.
0: Yeah, it's just uh, looking at the table right now. You got teams like Aldershot Town, Ultra Cham. Dover Athletic sitting at the bottom.
1: So this, so yeah, so this is, yeah, I think this is the lowest you can get because the promotion of winning the National League is the English Football League League Two, and then after that would be EFL League One, and then after that is the Championship, and then the Premier League. So this okay. this side is this this league has seen some stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're playing against sides like Grimsby Town and and Wrexham and, you know, Halifax Town and Aldershot, I mean, these are some gritty ass, (laughs) some gritty ass teams, gritty gritty ass 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 towns. I mean, a stadium size of like 450 people. Yeah. Which would be raucous. Could you imagine that? That'd be amazing. Imagine being a team that's like, I mean, I think Wrexham here is 45, or not Wrexham, sorry, uh, Borham Wood. I just saw it's 4,500 for their staying capacity. And then you Man. go to, like, Anfield or something. Or like you Anfield. go to Old... I mean, it won't be Old Trafford this season, obviously, for Middlesbrough reasons. But you go to a side, like, you know, Man City at the Etihad, from going from 4,500 fans that you're playing back at home to the Etihad. It's like you, you get to tell your grandkids that you did that. Mm-hmm. You know? That's crazy. Yeah, these... I, I
0: wonder why, you know, I don't even know how you could watch a game, but I wonder what the what the football's like watching these teams play. Do you really want to know?
1: That would be amazing. So they're actually going to play their match against Everton March the 2nd at Goodison Park, which I mean, it's no Etihad, but Goodison Park will obviously have a pretty raucous crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, 40,000 people see capacity there, so... I mean, what's that? A thousand percent increase from what the regular capacity is? Ten thousand percent? I don't know. Math. Yeah. Um, hopefully Lampard pulls out a better result against Boreham. What they called? Boreham Wood. Borham yeah. Wood hand. Then he did, uh, today against Newcastle. Um, but as far as the Premier League goes, like we said, it kind of kicked off, um, a couple of days ago. Uh, who played a couple of days ago? Um, there's one match, I, I believe it was like a makeup game, uh, Burnley and Watford drawing nil-nil, completely uneventful match. Um, that was the, the Saturday game on the fifth. Today, the three matches: Newcastle coming away victors, West Ham beating Watford one-nil, um, keeping their European hopes alive. And then the, yeah, the draw of Newca of um, Burnley and Man United also took place today. Matches tomorrow: uh, Norwich City, Crystal Palace, Tottenham, Southampton. Man City, Brentford, Aston Villa, and Leeds. And then Thursday, you got the big one of Liverpool and Leicester City. And then even Wolves and Arsenal is actually a pretty big game too. Mm -hmm. You you see them in the standings. Arsenal in sixth, Wolves in eighth, only separated by two points. They play the same amount of games. So whoever wins this one will jump um, Tottenham unless they pull out a positive result and get into sixth place. Um, Or if Arsenal wins, they'll actually be tied for fifth with United with less games played. So they would actually probably take the fifth spot and leapfrog United and get back into their European places until their next match. Mm -hmm. Um, Burnley, man, trying to make up games. They only got 20 played. Chelsea (laughs) has 24. Tottenham's got 20 played. Leicester has 20 played. I mean, this season could come down to like, obviously title race. I I think we're all pretty set, set in stone saying that's pretty much gone, but This mid-table game, you could be in fifteenth place with four weeks left and play like six games still, and jump to like ninth or something. It'll be it'll be interesting. Like that's obviously for us. We don't really care about those games. But like, if you're a side like Crystal Palace, you could play five games in the last two three weeks and Mm -hmm. jump from thirteenth to top ten. And yeah. I'm not sure what the difference is in money, but that's a significant increase in whatever you're gonna end up with. End up with at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting for sure. The season closes out crazy, yeah, crazy, yeah. crazy. crazy. Yeah. Uh Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think no. we covered covered plenty. <laughs> <laughs> any more from you, Santi, anymore? Uh no, right, that's topics it. To get into,
0: we'll we'll see uh we'll see what comes up next week <laughs> see if i find the cure for cancer next <laughs> hey <laughs> somewhere nice. hiding in brazil or something
1: yeah don't you know don't give it to yourself let, let let the people know it's probably just
0: already on some like forum on reddit just gotta google google yeah. enough
1: <laughs> yeah hit up google again yeah just, just don't we shut the internet down anytime soon yeah
0: google don't shut down the internet before our next pod
1: <laughs> don't do that please yeah. Um. All right, I want to thank everyone for watching. Like I said before, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Search Footy Fans, fans spelled P-H-A-N-S. Um, again, yeah, like, subscribe, all that jazz. You even on our our podcast platforms on Spotify, Apple, um, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast at. You know, leave a five star like, leave a little review, leave a little comment. If you like what we're doing, don't like what we're doing. If you like the rays on Santo's face there and the light that's shining on him, if you like that, give it a thumbs up.
0: Yeah, gotta uh, shine like off the- uh, Rocco's
1: face here and my British book here. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, put a little shine on it. Um, there you go. Yeah, leave, leave a comment. We'd like to hear from you, of course. And also, our you can email us too. Um, it's Footy Fans Pod, sorry Footy Fan Pod at Gmail dot com. Give us an email. We'll maybe drop you a, another suggestion on there. Uh, we'll get back to you with any questions and maybe we'll talk about it next episode. Right, boys?
0: Right, absolutely. Even if there's something right. you want to talk about, let us know and we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it.
1: Yeah, we're easy going here. We'll talk about everyone. We we're, the, we're the pod of the people.
0: Pod of the people, he says. Hey.
1: <laughs> um, so again, yeah, just I want to thank everyone for tuning in and we will talk next week after all the week's action.
0: See you, everyone. Bye.
1: Ciao.